Irlath, an ancient city on the northern coast of the Gulf of Aqaba. According to the Hebrew text, this gulf where Solomon's ships were harbored was called Yan Suf. Most likely we talk about the Red Sea as uh, the Gulf of Aqaba. We know that it's called Yam Suf, which is the Red Sea. We know that um, uh, King Solomon had his fleet in uh, Yam Suf. This Hebrew name, Yam Suf, also plays a prominent role in the Exodus account, for it is used to identify the waters crossed by Moses and his people. The geography of the Gulf of Aqaba also resembles biblical descriptions of the Yamsuf God once parted for Israel. Aqaba is extremely deep, plunging more than a mile in some spots. It is adjacent to a dense wilderness of rugged mountains. And it is located clearly outside the borders of Egypt, as recognized during the time of Moses. These similarities to the scriptures have led Leonard Moeller and others to theorize that the Gulf of Aqaba is the Red Sea of the Exodus story. And if they are correct, then two distinct possibilities for a crossing point exist. The first is located on the bottom of the Sinai Peninsula at the Straits of Tehran. This channel, five miles across, is one of the most popular recreation areas on Earth, as spectacular reefs and marine life attract divers from throughout the world. But the topography of the seafloor here would have made an Israelite crossing highly unlikely. For less than a mile offshore, a subterranean canyon plunges nearly a thousand feet at a grade so steep, passage on foot across jagged coral beds would have been virtually impossible even if the waters were miraculously removed. Seventy miles north of the Straits, near the center of the Aqaba coast, another potential crossing site extends into the sea. It is called the Nueva Peninsula. It sort of breaks out from the mountain ranges. I mean, there's uh, nothing south of it, nothing north of it, you know, uh, if you follow the shores. It, suddenly this, this peninsula just breaks out from the mountain range into a large plains. This is probably the only place at the Gulf of Aqaba, uh, the western shore, where you could gather as many people as the Bible states that they were. Satellite photographs of the Nueva Peninsula clearly reveal its distinctive geography. This triangular-shaped beach would be the focus of a remarkable search for evidence of the Israelites' journey. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. For he said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea.
If the Israelites traveled from Goshen to the Aqaba coast, then the biblical description of their route to freedom is very specific. They walked a road through the Sinai Desert in the direction of the Red Sea. During the time of the Exodus, three main roads existed in the Sinai. The Way of the Philistines traced the Mediterranean coast past a series of Egyptian military outposts. Understandably, the Israelites did not follow this path. The Way of Shur, an inland trail terminated not on the shores of Yamsuf, but in the vast desert of southern Canaan. Only the southernmost road, a trade route that stretched from Egypt to the top of the Red Sea and then on to Midian, matched the biblical description. It's a route that runs through more or less central Sinai from the Egyptian cities which uh, are in the Nile Delta and then on down to, to northwestern Arabia. This is a period when the incense route was beginning to develop. So we do know, we do have evidence of, uh, of travel back and forth between Egypt and uh, what we would call Midian. Located above the peninsula's rugged mountain ranges, this trade route was well suited for travel, as its flat, hard-packed terrain made long journeys on foot manageable and commonplace. When Moses fled from Pharaoh after killing an Egyptian slave master, he would have followed this route to sanctuary in ancient Midian. Then, 40 years later, he led his people out of Egypt over this same desert road again. And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them. and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel by day and night. The Swedish Bible says clearly that uh, they were traveling both day and night, and at night they had this pillar of fire leading them and enlightening them. And uh, at day it was this cloud that I guess also overshadowed them because of the heat of the day, so they could travel both day and night. By walking through the desert during the cooler hours of the early morning and night, the Israelites could have crossed the Sinai in approximately three weeks, the time allowed by the biblical record. The scriptures imply they had a significant head start on the Egyptian army, for many days passed before Pharaoh decided to bring Israel back into captivity. Then, while his army prepared to give chase, he received a surprising report of Moses' path through the wilderness. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea. For Pharaoh will say, They are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And it says in the scripture that they turned. And uh, that could be interpreted in different ways, but uh, our understanding is that they turned southwards and Pharaoh then was so certain about that they were trapped within the peninsula. This satellite photograph defines the Israelites' unexpected change of course.
they had entered a winding maze of dry riverbeds that branched off the southern trade road in a twisting path to the coast. And within this canyon, called Wadi Watir, Moses and his people were hemmed in between walls of rock 2,000 feet high. Once you're into this wadi, you can't turn either left or right. You have to go, just follow it all the way. You have huge mountains on each side, so you can't get anywhere else except follow this wadi. You can see the, the mountains are high and they're coming closer and closer and you, the road is going, you know, how do you say, back and forth between those mountains. After walking 18 miles through the wadi, the Israelites caught their first glimpse of the mouth of the canyon and an even greater obstacle that now stood before them. Suddenly, as you get through, after a long while, you know, this big plain just opens up, you know, into the Red Sea. Upon exiting the Wadi Watir, Moses would have assembled his people at a place called Piha Hiroth. Though its location remains controversial, the meaning of this Hebrew name may point to the site of the Israelites' encampment. For the word Piha Hiroth translates mouth of the gorges, a perfect description of this beach formed by sand and rock washed through the canyon by seasonal rainfall. From here, according to the scriptures, Moses and his people could travel no farther. Then the Egyptians chased after them with all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them camping by the sea, beside Pi Hahiroth. The historian Josephus provides another clue about the location of Pi Hahiroth, for his description of the Israelites' crisis matches the terrain surrounding Nueva Beach. Now, when the Egyptians had overtaken the Hebrews, they also seized on the passages by which they imagined the Hebrews might fly, shutting them up between inaccessible precipices and the sea. For there was on each side a ridge of mountains that terminated at the sea, which were impassable by reason of their roughness and obstructed their flight. When and if they ended up at this peninsula, then of course they would have been in a very desperate situation. And according to the Bible, Moses didn't know anything what to do. He was completely trapped. The people wanted to kill him, surrounded by mountains, the sea, and they couldn't go anywhere. At Nueva Beach, the Israelites were surrounded by mountains to the north and south, an ocean to the east, and the Egyptian army to the west. Hopelessly trapped, it is not difficult to understand their anguished cry to Moses. Why did you lead us out of Egypt to die? In response, Moses again looked to God for deliverance. 
Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept back the sea, and turned the sea into dry land, so the waters were divided. In all of Scripture, there may be no more dramatic image. biblical account of an ocean divided, Israel's passage to safety, and the destruction of Pharaoh's army defy naturalistic explanation. But if these events did occur, then physical evidence could still lie off the shore of the Nueva Peninsula. For more than 20 years, divers and explorers from three continents, each intrigued by clues linking the Gulf of Aqaba and the biblical Yam Suf, have come to Nueva Beach seeking possible evidence of an Israelite crossing. Their search focused on the 600 chariots the Bible says were destroyed in the Red Sea. Inscriptions thousands of years old and the few chariots recovered from ancient tombs reveal much about the construction of these legendary vehicles of war. Could any of them actually be found on the seafloor off the Nueva Peninsula? <laughs> <laughs> 